0: Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE podcasts.
1: Greetings to you all in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My name is Pastor Abraham Thomas from Atlanta, Georgia here in the United States. I would like to take this opportunity to thank God first and also the Church of God Central West Region youth department especially pastor benji matthew the leadership team and everyone listening to me on this podcast for giving me this opportunity to come before you with the word of god today i would like to bring you a, a thought from the familiar sam sam 103 we have read this in many services and i've heard excellent messages that have touched our hearts The value of this psalm is not only valuable to us as believers, but also to the Catholics, the Jews, the Anglicans, and also the Orthodox. This psalm is simply titled a psalm of David. We do not know the circumstances in which it was written. But since David was a man who knew the grace and deliverance of God many times, it could have been written at many different times of his life. Charles Purgeon. A Bible scholar once wrote like this, we should attribute to his later days when he had a higher sense of preciousness of pardon because a near sense of sin than in his younger days. So it is very clear that this was written during his later days in his lifetime. Nations all around the world have their own Independence Day that they celebrate. For a country that gained independence is because of the leaders and the soldiers sacrifice their lives daily in order to protect the security and the safety for the independence of the citizens of their own country. Here in the United States, we celebrate our heroes during the last week of May. We call that weekend the Memorial Day weekend. This weekend is especially important to Americans because it is a time for friends and family to come together and appreciate the freedom and sacrifices granted to them from the brave men and women of the United States military. I, myself, an employee of the airlines, when we work for the airlines, we are also asked to acknowledge them for their service. During this week at the airport, we honor our soldiers who arrive and depart by making announcements through our PA system and making the crowd clap for them everyone stops what they're doing and take a minute out of their precious time to ensure they express their gratitude towards the military. Brothers and sisters, in our lives, we remember the days our children were born, our wedding anniversary, the great men of God who has led us to faith, and so on. But as time passes, when we get into different circumstances in life, as we get older, Our memory fades and we do not remember things anymore. During this particular podcast, for the next one week, we'll be covering how we think about our Heavenly Father and how the Heavenly Father thinks about us. I'm going to be reading the first five verses from Psalms 103. Praise the Lord, my soul. All of my inmost being praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We often find ourselves forgetting the important things that have happened in our lives as well some things that we forget are the favors people did for us we can also forget the people who have made an impact in our childhood and the friends who were there when we needed them the most but the psalmist here is saying never forget the benefits of the Lord why should we not forget what the lord has done for us it is simple it is because that it is what keeps us in our faith it is what establishes us in our christian walk. what are the things that we need to remember today i'm going to bring to you three things that we need to remember the first thing that we need to remember is found in verse three it says he forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases Forgiveness is the greatest blessing that we receive from God. If God did not forgive our sins, we would have been entitled to his wrath. Going to the rules and the regulations that the Bible gives in the Old Testament, some of us would have either been stoned to death, outcasted from society, or would have been responsible to pay the price for our sins. For example, an eye for an eye, a teeth for a teeth, and so on. Forgiveness of our sins and healing of our diseases came through Christ and Christ alone. The book of Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inquiries. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Amen. There is no other God or religion that forgives man of his sins. Jesus is the only Savior because He is the only one who paid the price for our sins and our feeling. Every moment of our life, brothers and sisters, we should remember what Christ has done for us on the cross of Calvary. The forgiveness we received and the healing we received from our Lord should never be forgotten. We should always remember that it is by grace and grace alone that we have been given the privilege to be called His children. The second thing that we need to remember is found in verse 4. It says, He redeemed our life from the pit and crowned us with love and compassion. Brothers and sisters, Christ is our Redeemer. We are like the lost sheep. We were fallen in the pit of sin. But the Good Shepherd, our Lord, had compassion on us and pulled us out of the fit. In the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 14, we read, He gave Himself for us to redeem us, to redeem us, from the lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zeal- zealous for good works. Christ put his love on us. Jesus said, Great love has no man that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life for us. He showed us the greatest love anyone can show towards another. The third thing that we need to remember is found in verse 5. It says, He satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Dear child of God, every good thing in your life is because God has given it to you. You may think there are some bad things also in your life that you wish you did not have. But let me assure you this. Even the bad things are for good. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, And we know that for the purpose who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. We see, when we look at the history of the children of Israel, we understand that God called them out of Egypt to take them to Canaan. The land that falls with milk and honey. However, we see that they all perished in the desert. Why? Why did this happen? This was not the purpose of God. But why did God destroy all of them in the desert? Because they did not remember the works of the Lord. They were a forgetful people. They forgot the mighty works of God and murmured against Him. He made them walk through dry land in the Red Sea He gave them manna from heaven He gave them water from rocks but every time they faced a difficulty they forgot the words of God therefore He destroyed them Dear children of God let us not be like them let us remember what the Lord has done for us He has forgiven our sins He has healed our disease. He has filled us with love and compassion. He has made us stand upon the rock that is Christ Jesus. This is the greatest love story that could ever happen to us. I thank you all for listening to me. Starting tomorrow, we will go into a little more detail on how. God thinks about us. Hope you are blessed and will continue to join us in the coming days. May the good Lord bless us all. And you all have a wonderful day.
0: God bless. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE podcasts. Greetings to you all
1: in the matchless name of our King, Jesus Christ. My name is Pastor Abraham Thomas from Atlanta, Georgia, here in the United States. If there would be a SAM that you call your life SAM, the foundation of your life, it would be SAM 103. It teaches us how to handle life in general. It gives us the key to deal with every circumstances, no matter what it may be. And if that is not enough, it gives us a glimpse of an extent of the work of Christ will have over humanity. For today's meditation, I would like to bring to you two points from verses six through eight of how God remembers or even thinks about us. The first thing that I want to bring to your attention is he loves to help the needy. It says like this, the Lord works righteous and justice for all the oppressed, he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. This is derived from the book of Exodus chapter 34. The oppressed are those who can help themselves. In the Old Testament, the word especially refers to widows, orphans, foreigners, and the poor. Many times, such people do not receive justice in our country, in India. We know that the society is divided into different caste. People in the lower caste often do not receive the same treatment as those in the upper class. This is because the strong takes advantage of the weak. When we are tempted to take advantage of others because we are strong and they are weak, God says, think about that first. He takes the side of the weak. Our God keeps His eyes on the helpless, and when others hurt Him, He moves to balance the scales of justice. There are days and times when this is hard to believe, especially in the light of events that are happening in the world, especially with social injustice. Brevi Zacharias, a well-known minister, author, and an apologist, who went to be with the Lord During his funeral service, something that caught my eye was this. A taxi driver from Delhi said like this, I'm a taxi driver who survives on daily wages and never felt like a king. But every time I get a call from Revi, saying that he's arriving in Delhi, I'm assured in my mind that I'll be treated like a king. He makes sure how's my family doing, he makes sure every aspect of my life how it is and he acts and treats me like a king. Brothers and sisters, let us have the mindset of Ravi when we see others. Treat them like a king and it will make it easier to minister to them. Remember in the eyes of the creator there is no rich or no poor, no strong or weak. We are all created fearfully and wonderfully in the perfect image of God but this truth stands like a solid rock for the believer if all of history is a book we haven't reached the final chapter yet we are somewhere near the end we are not sure how far away we are but we know this much eventually God will bring everything to light and he will judge with impartiality in that day there will be no hiding no excuse making no bribes and no way of escape all those who labor for a better world and more just society and those who stretch out a helping hand you have to believe this or you can't go on the words of james russell Lowell come to mind it says are you needy and the honest answer is yes, whether you know it or not. You are needy and God is on your side. That's a great place to start. <clears throat> the second step that I would, a point that I would like to bring to you, he shows mercy to those who don't deserve it. Where it says the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and an abounding in love. And it says, it is plenteous in mercy, great of mercy. The Hebrew word which means much or great. And the idea is that mercy is not manifested by him in small or tiny measure. It is rich, full, abundant, overflowing, and most importantly, it is free. Here we see the four great Attributes of God in this verse The first one he says The Lord is compassionate He pardons us The second we see the Lord is gracious He gives us what We don't deserve The third thing is The Lord is slow To anger He is patient with us when we fall That is patient Not soon excited Bearing much And bearing it long And the fourth point, the Lord abounds in love. He loves us more than we can imagine. We are all familiar with the story of Joseph. His His brothers had no compassion on him. They were jealous of him, so they sold him to Egypt. There was famine in the land several years later. The brothers came to Joseph with their need. Remember, they did not deserve mercy from Joseph. They only deserved the wrath of Joseph. But in the place where mercy was undeserving, Joseph showed mercy. Joseph is a foreshadow of Christ. The mercy shown to undeserving brothers by Joseph foreshadows the mercy shown to us by undeserving sinners like us. Amen. God's mercy towards us is unending. It is new every morning. Every day we need a new mercy from Him. The mercy and love of God is overflowing. It is abounding. There is no limit or boundaries. I once heard someone say this, there is no fishing like fishing in the sea. There is no eating like eating at the king's table. And There is no love. Like God's love. When God saves he saves completely. When God forgives he forgives all our sins. When God sets free, we are free forever. Amen. The Lord is gracious and merciful. God is merciful in the most tender and an affectionate affectionate manner. He has balls of mercy which earns towards his people as though of a tender parent to its child. The word signifies his mercy is free without any motive or merit in men to engage in it. He delights in showing it. He constantly bestows it. It is the source of all good things. It is communicated through Christ. All mercies temporal, and spiritual, come by Him. And this lays a foundation for faith and hope. And He is gracious as appears in the eternal choice of His people to salvation, in providing a Savior and a ransom for them, in giving all grace and the blessings of it to them in His Son, in giving Him for them and all things to them with Him, in justifying them by his righteousness in pardoning their sins for his sake in taking them to his family in regenerating calling preserving and saving them slow to anger or long suffering even to the wicked men to the vessels of wrath to the old world yep to Jezebel to whom he gave space to repent, which long sufferings being abused and despised is an aggravation of condemnation. But rather, here he den- it- intends God's long sufferings to his people as before conversion, waiting till the time comes that he is gracious to them, and after conversion, notwithstanding any backslidings and revolting. And this long-suffering is their salvation, and plenteous in mercy, large and unabandoned in it, as appears by the various instances of it, and ways and methods in which he shows it. In election, in the covenant, in redemption, in regeneration, in pardon, and eternal life, and by the abundance of it, which he bestows, on every one of his people by the vast numbers which do partake of it brothers and sisters i hope you are blessed with these words god willing let us come back and listen to what the lord has in store for us
0: tomorrow god bless praise the lord Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE Podcasts.
1: Greetings to you all in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My name is Pastor Abraham Thomas from Atlanta, Georgia, here in the United States. Welcome back to our podcast as we discuss on the topic the greatness of God from Psalm 103. Psalm 103 verse 9 and 10 says, He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Have you ever known anyone who loved to argue? We all know people who love to keep a quarrel going because they are so angry. God does not keep his anger forever. If we repent and ask God for forgiveness, he forgives our sins. God will not count our sins against us. See, the Bible clearly says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 17, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. As believers, we often keep grudges. We often say, I can forgive him or her of what they have done to me, but I will not forget. But God not only forgives our sins, He also will not bring it to His memory. He promises us to remember them no more. If anyone has wronged you and keep reminding yourself of the wrong, you will harbor anger in your heart. You will not be able to love that person. There will be always be traces of anger in your dealings with that person. But God is not like that, brothers and sisters. He does, not keep, he does not keep His anger forever. He always welcomes us back home. He welcomes us back to Himself. Sometimes the real problem is that we want to keep fighting Him. See, as parents we know that we sometimes get angry at our children but we always bring them back to us. We forgive and show kindness towards them. This is because no matter how much they make us angry, no matter how many mistakes they make and do bad things, they remain our children. In the same way, God does not keep his anger towards us. He brings us back to him because we are his children. Moreover, God does not treat us as our sins deserve. He does not repay us according to our iniquities. If it were so, if God was to do to us according to our sins, no one will be able to stand. We would all perish under His anger. But like a good father, God shows His mercy towards us. See, if you look in the life of Peter, We know Peter was a man with a lot of zeal. He always stood first. He was the first to speak among the disciples. He was almost like the lead disciple of Jesus. Peter showed great faith in so many occasions. He is the only disciple who walked on water alongside Jesus. Yet, there were times in his life when he doubted Christ. The moment he took his eyes off Jesus and saw the waves Peter began to sink. Even then, our Lord extends his arm and brings Peter into the boat. There was also a time where Peter denied knowing Jesus. Even after being warned by the Lord, Peter denied the Lord three times. At a critical time in the life of our Lord, when our Lord was in a total need of the support and the strength of his disciples. Peter denied him. However, the mercy of Christ extended to him even in this dark situation. Peter was restored. He was forgiven. Peter was not treated by Christ according to his actions. Instead, he was shown mercy. Many, many times, God's Mercy extends to our lives also. So many times we doubt our God. So many times we murmur against Him, yet He remains merciful. He does not do to us as our sins deserve, but He always shows His mercy and restores us to Himself. He's more ready to forgive than we are to be forgiven. When we forget to pray, He remembers to feed us. When we forget to give thanks, He sends us restful sleep. When we idle in sin, He sends His Holy Spirit to convict us. When we refuse to give, He keeps on giving still. When we fall, He lifts us up. When we disappoint ourselves and others, He still calls us his children. Amen? We can be assured that our God is loving and merciful. However, there is a warning. Let me make one thing clear. We, as his children, knowing how merciful and forgiving our God is, should not test him. We have no right to test the Lord to anger. If we keep on sinning against God, we are testing the mercy and the goodness of our God. See, in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, it says, No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. If we go on sinning against God, it shows two things. That you are not born of God. And the second the seed of God which is the word of God is not in them. A child of God is known by this number one he cannot keep on sinning and the word of God remains in them. So let us examine ourselves today. Are we the children of our heavenly Father? Do we harbor anger in our hearts are we able to forgive others of their sins are we able to show mercy to others as our father has shown mercy to us we know that David was a man after God's own heart he was anointed to be the king of Israel but he had to suffer in the hands of King Saul for many years David was in a constant run he was running away from King Saul But we have to remember, David was not weaker than Saul. In fact, David was much powerful than Saul. There were many opportunities for David to take the life of Saul, but he didn't. He showed kindness to Saul. He honored Saul as the King of Israel as long as he was alive. Even after the death of Saul, David extended his kindness to Saul by showing mercy to his grandson. Let us also be people after God's own heart. Let us show mercy to others, not just to those who love us, but also to those who hate us. Because the Bible is very clear, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Only those who show mercy to others will receive mercy. Brothers and sisters, we serve a God who will not always accuse nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Always remember, we are the children of God and that He is our Heavenly Father. And He is there to protect us, to guide us, to love us. And He is slow to anger and His mercy and His grace is from everlasting to everlasting. May God help us also to be the same, be the sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. I hope you are all blessed with these words. God willing, let us come back and listen to what the Lord has in store for us tomorrow. Thank you,
0: and God bless. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE Podcasts. greetings to you all in the matchless
1: name of our soon coming king jesus christ my name is pastor abraham thomas from atlanta georgia here in the united states welcome back to our podcast as we discuss on the topic the greatness of god from psalm 103. for today's meditation let us read psalms 103 verse 11 and 12 for as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Reading it one more time, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Isn't that great? God, the creator of all that is, knows and cares about each of us no matter what others or even we ourselves think about us. It matters to Him about you, so consider what that can mean to you. You can know a heaven-high love, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. The Bible refers to the heavens in three different levels. Consider this image in your mind. The first heaven reaches from earth to the exosphere with an altitude of 249 miles or about 400 kilometers. The second heaven, the place of the stars and the planets, reaches at least 13.3 billion light years. That means that a ray of life would take 13.3 billion years traveling at the rate of 186,282 miles per second to reach the Earth. To calculate the miles, just multiply 186,282 by the number of seconds in a year and multiply that by 13.3 billion. The number of miles is staggering. So beyond the exposure and the farthest galaxy in the third heaven, mentioned by Paul, where God is enthroned. Brothers and sisters, His love is that high. However, it is not for everyone. It is only for those who fear His name. The love of God is great towards those who fear His name. What does it mean to fear his name? The Bible uses the word fear at least 300 times in reference to God. However, the fear towards God is not a negative term. It is a positive emotion of a child has towards its parent originating out of love and respect. That is why a God-fearing person is considered as one who's dependable and trustworthy. When you fear God, It is reflected in your actions and behavior. You show to the world who your heavenly father is. You also show others the greatness of his love. How long does this go? As low as the lowest sinner. As low as our weakest moment. As low as our deepest depression as low as the world and Satan can beat us, as low as our heaviest burden can crush us. No matter how high or how low you are, his love is higher and lower. It is above and beneath you. Let those passages sink in for a moment. We often think forgiveness, But I'm afraid we don't enjoy our forgiveness as much as we should. Every sin, every wrong thought, every wrong attitude, every wrong action, they're all gone in an instant. Everything that should commit our everlasting spirit to the pit of hell is released, erased, and washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. This is what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. Jesus took upon himself every big sin, little sin, gross sin, wild sin, mortal sin, every sin imaginable, and gave his life for our forgiveness and for our cleansing. We have to pay the consequences of our sins here on this earth but in heaven's eyes, we are rescued, redeemed, and washed clean. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin, but he has washed it all away. Brothers and sisters, when you look at the life of David, when God looked at David after he repented of his sin with Bathsheba, the Lord did not condemn him a life of hell. The Lord didn't throw him away. No, the Bible tells us that even though God knows all things, he chose to forgive us, redeem us, and restore us. When David was a young boy and was kneeling at the feet of prophet Samuel to receive his anointing to be the next king, the Lord Almighty knew that one day David would sin with Bathsheba. God knew that he would make mistakes, that he would fail and become a royal mess. But in knowing all of that, the Lord did not abandon David. He did not sidestep David, nor did he reject David. He forgave David and even used David and Bathsheba to bring forth Solomon into this world. He used this broken couple to bring forth the next king, the one who would build Israel, Israel's first temple. If that had been us, we may have said, well, we certainly are not going to use David and Bethsaida. We may have to use David because he's the king, but we have to find a better woman. Perhaps we would have chosen Abigail or one of the other wives. Surely not Bathsheba. Her reputation was ruined and her name was also, would also be associated with a scandal. She and her children would have just lost the ability to rule on the throne. But God's forgiveness and love goes way beyond our human understanding. For God, David and Bathsheba were going to be the perfect parents. They had emerged in God's forgiveness and love. They were going to be a supernatural example of how deep and how wide God's love and forgiveness is to the nation of Israel. In fact, as you look around the Bible, you see example after example of how God chose the very ones we might have rejected because of their mistakes, their failures, and their sins. See, God used Abraham and Sarah even though time after time they failed him, they disobeyed him, and actually went the opposite directions, God called them to go. God used Moses and Joshua, even though both men, time, failed to listen to the voice of God and ended up getting themselves and others in trouble. God used Rahab, even the Bible tells us the time that she may have been running a brothel and had no problem lying. Remember, God used prophet Elijah even when he ran away from the trouble and was dealing with the thoughts of committing suicide. What am I saying? God has a big forgiveness eraser and is able to wash away all our sins. Have you ever heard a pencil without an eraser? maybe you have ever have you ever used a pencil without an eraser did you know that the average pencil is estimated to be able to draw a line about 35 miles or about 56 kilometers long or to write roughly around 45,000 words and that little pencil has been around hundreds of years A good eraser has been only around 230 years. Brothers and sisters, up until 1770, most people used a piece of breadcrumb to wipe away pencil marks. The breadcrumb didn't do a great job, but that was the best technology at that time. Edward Nyrene, an English engineer, accidentally picked up a piece of rubber instead of a breadcrumb and discovered that Robert was much more efficient at erasing pencil marks. The modern-day eraser was born. But Edward's discovery pales in comparison to Jesus' eraser. Not only are the pencil marks erased, but the page becomes brand new. When Jesus erases something, it's gone forever. Not only it's gone forever, God's eraser brings us also freedom. One of the wonderful things about God's eraser is that it enables us to live a life of freedom. We can live a life knowing that we are not condemned. We can live a life filled with God's favor, blessing, and anointing. In order to do this, we have to remember something very, very important we have to remember that we can't let a mistake in this life stop us from becoming what God wants us to become. We can't allow a failure, a mistake, or a sin prevent us from living an abundant life here and now. Don't let Satan or anyone bring your sins from the past from moving you forward. Always remember that you are a child of God. And once God has forgiven your sins, it is forgiven forever. My sins can never come back to harm me again, even if Satan tries to bring them back. Brothers and sisters, do not let someone steal your freedom. Always remember to forgive others just like Jesus has forgiven you. Move forward with the plans of God in your life. Be a blessing to all around you, to society, to church, to parents, to your family, to the country that you live in, and so on. I hope you are all blessed with these words. God willing, let us come back and listen to what the Lord has in store for us tomorrow. God bless.
0: Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE podcasts.
1: Greetings to you all in the matchless name of our soon coming King, Jesus Christ. My name is Pastor Abraham Thomas from Atlanta, Georgia, here in the United States. Welcome back to our podcast as we discuss on the topic, The Greatness of God from Psalm 103. Psalm 103 verse 13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Reading it one more time, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. When an earthly father has done his job well, he makes it easy for his children to believe in their heavenly father. When I was preparing this message and I was I was uh, studying it on it it came to me that the Hebrew and the Greek word for compassion in the bible it translates to have mercy compassion is an attribute of god it is an unending and eternal in the book of lamentations chapter 3 we see that the compassion of god never fails and it is new every morning The compassion of God, our Heavenly Father, is evident in the compassion of Jesus while He was on this earth. See of all the qualities that fathers are generally known for, love and compassion is often not high on the list. There are social norms, popular likeness and personality history on how we have been fathered that makes those qualities rare. As much as we might strive to achieve them, we find it difficult, for we often do not know where to begin. What if we begin in the character of God the Father? Many might find that odd, for these may not be qualities that we have readily associated with God. When you see a good father, you are seeing a picture of God. Or to put it in a better way, God designed human fatherhood to be a portrait of himself. God had a son before he created Adam. He was God the father before he was God the creator. He knew what he wanted to portray before he created the portrayal. The clear implication from all of us fathers is that we are designed to display the fatherhood Of God especially but not only to our children. Amen. See earthly fathers, however imperfect, points us upward to our Heavenly Father. When an earthly father has done his job well, he makes it easy for his children to believe in their Heavenly Father. When we study the Bible, If we look into the life of Abraham and Isaac, the relationship Isaac had with his father Abraham was profoundly influential that Isaac was willing to die at the hands of his own father. See, when God tested the faith of Abraham by asking him to offer Isaac as a sacrifice, we see both Abraham and Isaac together in one accord committed to obey God. Abraham in giving up his son, and Isaac in giving up his life in obedience to God. See, Isaac is able to do this because he saw his father Abraham with genuine fear and a complete faith in God Almighty. Isaac learns and adopts it into his own life, the same reverence and faith in God Almighty. And the Bible teaches us, as time passes, they together passes down to Jacob. This is why God Himself is not ashamed to call Himself the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. See the obedience of Isaac to Abraham and his willingness to surrender to Abraham in becoming a sacrifice reflects Christ's obedience to his heavenly father. In the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 8, it says. He humbled himself, becoming obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. Whether we realize it or not, our sons look up to us. They try to look like us, sit like us, dress like us when they are young. To a son, his father is the greatest individual known to him. They look up to their fathers as a child i used to look up to my father i consider him as a great man even after he passed away from this earth i regard my father as one of the greatest men who modeled my life and character in the same way my son timothy looks up to me he even tries to look like me in many ways every sunday morning he observes me the way i dress and timothy makes sure he weighs almost the same or similar color and style of clothes like I do. He brushes his hair the same way I do. It is therefore my responsibility to live before my son with honest piety, and integrity. It is my responsibility to teach my son the ways of God, just like I was taught by my father. If you study the history of kings who ruled over Israel, We'll see that one thing is mentioned about each of them if they walked in the way of their father David or not. The life and acts of each king that ruled the kingdom of Israel is compared to that the king of David. The first king in the lineage of Judah. In a similar way Jesus is our king. As children of God our actions are compared against that of our father and king, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We are called to walk in his ways and do everything that he commands us to do. On a personal note, a few years back, I visited my father's hometown in order to settle some things in the local bank. While I was waiting in line for my turn, an elderly gentleman walked up to me and looked at me and without any hesitation asked me, are you George Chan's grandson, aren't you? I was taken by surprise. I had no idea who he was, but he knew exactly who I was. After a joyful exchange of greetings, he told me that he had known my grandfather many, many years ago, that they had known each other from the time my grandfather's conversion to the Pentecostal faith after being a Jacobite Christian. See, the moment this old gentleman saw me standing in line, he saw in me my grandfather's face and he had no doubt of who I was. Dear children of God, are we a reflection of our Heavenly Father? Will people be able to distinguish us As children of God when you and I are waiting in line or in a car crowd. See one other thing is as a part of my employment and the benefits that the Lord has given me working for an airline. As a family we travel to many places even outside the United States and in almost every place we have been we have come across strangers whom we immediately recognized as children of God and had the good pleasure of exchanging words of love, faith, and hope in the Lord. When we look into the Bible, the life of Elisha, and Elisha was only passing by Shunem. A Shunemite woman recognized him as a man of God and prepared for him a place to rest in her house. In this way, let us also be identified by others as children of God. Let us be known as children of our Heavenly Father, who is compassionate and merciful. Paul writes to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter three. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and all comfort. We see God is called the Father of mercy and all comfort, therefore compassion is an essential attribute of a believer which identifies him to his heavenly Father. Our compassion should not be limited to the lost, the poor, the orphans outside the church. It is very important that we should take special attention to show compassion to those who are inside the church as well. Many times we are blindsided when it comes to our own. We strive to build orphanages and mission stations outside the church. When some among us remain orphans and strangers to the kingdom of God, it is also our responsibility to show compassion towards them. When Paul writes to the church, he says, that we have to show compassion to all people, especially to those in the household of faith. May God strengthen us to do the will of our Heavenly Father in showing mercy and compassion to all people, deserving or undeserving, inside and outside the church. Let me end this thought by asking you all a question. Have you spoken to your Heavenly Father lately? Will you be able to recognize this voice if He calls you by your name? Brothers and sisters, if you have not heard your Heavenly Father's voice lately, please open your hearts and your minds. Read the Word of God. Meditate on it pray and ask him to speak to you as a minister of the gospel I assure you personally and from personal experience that he will hear your voice and speak to you I hope you are blessed with these words God willing let us come back and listen to what God has in store for us tomorrow may the God God bless you all. Amen.
0: Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE podcasts.
1: Greetings to you all in the matchless name of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. My name is Pastor Abraham Thomas from Atlanta, Georgia, here in the United States. Welcome back to our podcast as we discuss on the topic, The Greatness of God from Psalm 103. For today's meditations, let us read verses 14 and 16 from Psalm 103. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower off the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. Reading it one more time. For he knows we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, here in the United States, we enjoy four seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter. Here is the truth we all understand, especially in the fall season of the year. Yesterday's green leaves soon turn brown. It is an unavoidable law of nature that the green leaves of spring end up in a pile on our front lawn. Last October, me and my wife, Julie, We spent a few hours driving on the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. The most tourist place that is attracted in the world. We happened to be there near a peak of the fall, foliage season, so we traveled the narrow country roads. We saw leaves in every hue imaginable scarlet, orange, pink, bright red, maroon, bronze, yellow, Mm purple, and every possible shade of brown. He especially noticed it in the evening when the low angle of the sun seemed to backlight the entire forest and set it ablaze in the multicolor of leaves. Now, why do the leaves lose their green? There's a scientific explanation having to do with the loss of green chlorophyll. But that simply means the leaves are slowly dying. Their beauty comes from their death. Listen, who remembers each leaf? Not the tree. One by one, the leaves fall to the ground where they disintegrate and return to the soil where they came. No one names them or numbers them or even thinks about them. And by now, On the Smoky Mountains, most of the leaves are gone from the trees. It is the same way of nature, the way God arranged the changing of the seasons. Twenty years ago, Julie would sometimes tease me by saying, there's a little gray in your beard. She stopped that a long time ago because the little has become a lot. Just this morning, I realized that I hadn't shaved in two days. And when I looked in the mirror, I saw little bits of gray stubble all over my face. I think I let my beard grow and it would be mostly gray. When God puts gray in your beard, it is like the leaves turning brown in the fall. It's God's way of saying, you won't be here forever. You know, every now and then, I will run across a bit of cemetery humor that makes me chuckle. Here in the U.S., the cemeteries are the are among the most beautiful, maintained gardens. I was driving down a major thoroughfare in New York, next to one of those cemeteries that seem to go on forever, because it is a long stretch of road with no stoplights. People tend to break the speed limit routinely. So one day I laughed when I saw one of the billboards sponsored by the cemetery that said, slow down, we will save a place for you. I am sure they will do it. Brothers and sisters, if that's all there is, if we are here today and gone tomorrow, if that's the end of the story, then there isn't much hope. But let me share something with you. If you do not have anything else to be thankful for this year, here's something you can hang on your hat on. Our hope is not in man or in anything man can do. Our hope is in the everlasting God. Remember, our Creator knows how we were formed. God knows how we were formed. Life is a complex mystery that scientists try hard to explain. In their denial of God, they are unable to sort out the complexities of life and focus their mind on the Creator, God Almighty. Albert Einstein, the great physicist, said, Of course, there's a massive intelligence behind the universe. A man is a fool who doesn't believe that. Unfortunately, he concluded his thoughts on this massive intelligence by saying, but we could never know him. The knowledge of this world refuses to accept God as the creator. Yet the psalmist says in Psalms 139 verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Every organ, every cell, every enzyme Every microscopic unit of the human body functions in such harmony that all complex activities that happen inside the body, mind, and soul continue to happen in a total equilibrium. One tiny deviation from this pattern will have massive implications on the health and well being of the human body. The Samist acknowledges this and says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Every human being is fearfully and wonderfully made. This is because God made man in his own image and likeness. The image of God is inscribed on the human being right when it was formed in its mother's womb. As soon as a body as a baby is conceived in his mother's womb it bears the image of god it is a terrible sin to destroy the baby in the womb in the u.s millions of babies are murdered each year through abortion it is undeniably wicked and evil in the sight of god it is equal to the sin committed by the pagans in the old testament where they sacrificed their children to the gods for prosperity and escaping wrath. As children of God, we should never, ever support abortion. Sitting here, I know of a couple in Tennessee. Their first child, when he was conceived, the doctors told them that the baby had several issues and would not able to live a normal life. The doctors insisted on an abortion of the baby. However, the mother and the father refused to listen to the warnings of the doctors and went on to having their first child. Philip was born with many abnormalities. His face, eyes, lips, ears were all abnormal. He had issues with his heart, his sight, his speech, his hearing and whatnot. Nonetheless, the parents raised this child through many struggles, doing many surgeries and other things to keep Philip alive and able to do what a normal child would do. Philip did live and did what normal children do. In fact, Philip even graduated high school. But Philip did more than what a normal child would do. He became an inspiration to millions of other kids in the world. Through his story, they founded the ministry called Love Without Reason, which reached out to people with cleft lips around the world and performed surgeries free of charge. Philip lived a full life till the age of 18 and he went to be with the Lord. Last year Dear children We are made in the image of God We have to value And see others As people made In the image of God It does not matter whether they are rich Or poor Or someone great Or a nobody in society As children of God We have to see them as valuable Because they are fearfully And wonderfully made in the image of God Therefore, we are called to share the Good News of the Gospel to everyone, regardless of their situation. Only the Gospel of God gives hope. We need this hope in God because we all will soon pass away. Although God made us in His image, we will return to dust because of the sin in our flesh. And the only hope for man in this world is the hope that God gives through faith in Christ Jesus. I hope you are all blessed with those words. God willing, let us come back and we'll be concluding. And let's listen to what the Lord has in store for us tomorrow. May the good Lord bless us all. Amen.
0: Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church of God Central West Region YPE Podcasts.
1: Greetings to you all in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My name is Pastor Abraham Thomas from Atlanta, Georgia, here in the United States. Welcome to our podcast as we discuss on the topic the greatness of God from Psalm 103. Psalms 103, verse 17 and 18, it says, But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him, and His righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His precepts. Reading it one more time, from everlasting to everlasting, The Lord's love is with those who fear Him and His righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His percepts. I just want to bring you and talk about that He links us with eternity by linking us with Himself. There's nothing we can do about frailty we come from the hand of our creator stamped fragile handle with care see we are like the dust devils that blow across the desert we are a, we make a big scene and then suddenly we disappear try as we might we can cancel our humanity nothing can change what we are vitamins exercise and clean living may slow down the process Positive thinking may improve our mood. But all of us, the end is the same. Ashes to ashes and from dust to dust. See, Psalms 103 offers was one of the strong ground of comfort that lifts us from the transiory nature of this life. It is the but on verse 17 that says the blessed but That changes everything. That one word offers an eternal contrast between the fading flower and the everlasting God, from morality and God's eternity. That one word, that little but, stands as the demarcation between this life and the next. Here is our real hope of life that never ends. God's tender mercy, his unfailing love, and his abounding grace. Someone once said that the life with Christ is an hopeless end. But life with Christ is an endless hope. And this endless hope is not only to us but also to our children's children. What will we leave? our children, a vast estate, a large inheritance, a huge life insurance policy. Whatever we may say about earthly possessions, they pale next to the privilege of passing down a godly heritage, a prosperity of truth, and a pattern of believing that our children and grandchildren can claim as their own. In a transient and passing world, where everything fades away, we have the promise that we are linked to the future even after we are gone by the faithfulness of God to our children, to our children's children. This too is the mercy of God. Brothers and sisters, once I had a privilege to bring Nick Vujicic to one of our national conferences here in Atlanta, Georgia. You may know him, he was born with no arms or feet. If you do not know him, please look him up under life without limbs ministry. He gave an inspiring message of hope to the crowd. But one thing that he said, which concluded his message and stuck to my mind ever since, he said, if God has to give me another life, and if it was again a life without limbs without arms or feet i would take it from him gladly and live it all over again without arms and feet because of the love he has for me is more than enough and i can do all things through him who strengthens me dear brothers and sisters His love is enough. He is enough because he has made you his. You are a child of God. See, many people seek God and claim to be children of God. But there is no fear of God in them. A child of God is marked by his character. He will keep the covenant of God and will remember to obey his precepts. Those who do not keep the covenant of God and do not obey his precepts, do not have the fear of God in them. His love is not on them. They do not have the assurance of everlasting peace and joy in his presence. But if you and I will obey God and keep his commands, although you may be weak and needy, you have an everlasting hope. That everlasting hope is the hope of eternity. It is the hope of His coming. When Jesus was about to leave behind His earthly life and return to His Father, He gave this promise. I go to prepare a place for you. And when I have prepared a place, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am also. What a blessed promise. To be with Christ all eternity in His presence is our final destination. As children growing up, many of our fathers left in India in search of work opportunities overseas. When I was a little child, my father left us and went to be in Doha, Qatar. And he started working there. And as a young boy. As a young boy, I always looked forward to his return. His coming home was a celebration for me. But then we were told that he's not going to come back no more, but we were going to go to him in Doha and be with him. The joy of joining our father in Doha was far greater joy than his coming home to us. This joy was higher because we knew that once we joined him in Doha, There would be no more anxious waiting for his return we we would be with him and that was enough our joy was complete brothers and sisters in the same way our blessed hope is his coming and taking us to him there is no greater joy to be with the lord christ assures eternity spent in his presence for those Who fear Him. It is the longing of every child of God. Jesus, our Lord, will soon return. He is coming back to take us to be with Him. Let us be ready to receive our Lord in glory. Children of God, let me say this one thing. Whatever we do in this world and whatever we gain in this world, it's going to be temporary. But soon, very soon our king will come in the skies the trumpet of the lord will sound when we look to the left to the right and when we look up and down north east and west all signs are showing the coming of the lord is very much near everything that is happening in the world currently is showing the footsteps of the lord coming closer and closer to take his saints to be with him. Are you ready? You know, I just want to conclude this podcast with a story that Billy Graham always says and ends it. The story titles like this, Take Me to the Cross. See, what is Psalm 103 telling us? We are richer than we think. We are more blessed than we know and we have more than we realize. We frail, mortal sinners and are rich in the mercy of God. As we have found the mercy, or rather, that mercy was found in a cross of Jesus Christ. During one of his sermons, uh, Billy Graham told the story of a a patrolman on night duty in a town in northern England as he walked the streets he heard a quiring sob shining his flashlight into the darkness he saw a little boy in the shadow sitting on the doorsteps and tears were running down his cheek the child said i am lost please take me home and the policeman began naming street after street trying to help him the boy remember where he lived He named the shops, the hotels in the area, but the little boy couldn't give him no clue of where he was or where his house was. Then he remembered that at the center of the town, there was a church with a large white cross that towered over the rest of the city. The policeman pointed to the cross and said, do you live anywhere near that place? the little boy's face immediately brightened up and he said, Yes, sir, take me to the cross and I can find my way home. Child of God, all that we believe, all that we have, and all that we hope for is found in the cross of Christ. Go to the cross and you will find your way home to God. Let me ask you, are you weak? Are you needy? Are you guilty? Are you frail? Are you like dust? And God says this to us. His weak, needy, guilty, frail, dusty children. He says, I know you through and through. And I will love you anyway. Come to me. Rest in me. Make me your rock. God's mercy in Christ is more than enough for all of us. I've heard of a story of a young man who was met with a tragic accident and was paralyzed his neck down. She became bedridden and unable to move to take care of her basic needs. She became bitter in her heart and started questioning God. One day she cried out in her heart and she asked, God, you do not know what it is to get stuck to this bird unable to move even a finger. You do not know the pain I'm going through. To her surprise, she heard a voice speak. My child, I know what it is like. She's like, she asked, how would you know? You were never being paralyzed. Then the voice responded, I know your pain because I was nailed to the cross. I was unable to move my arms and my feet and my body. I know your pain, my child. The voice of the Lord brought comfort and joy to the woman for the rest of her life. There is no pain. We will face that Christ not the way we are faced to us. He knows that what we are going through. His love is unshakable. His love is from everlasting to everlasting. I hope You are all blessed with these words. This will be the end of this topic on the greatness of God from Psalms 103. I thank you all that took the time to listen to me and a special thank you to the Central West Youth Wing and Pastor Benji Matthew for this opportunity. Continue to shine for the Lord, Continue to be great warriors for the Lord. Continue to be good ambassadors for the Lord. Wherever the Lord has placed you, remember the greatness of God. God bless.